0: The Cycling Independent, this is the Pace Line, the podcast on two wheels. I'm Patrick Brady, and with me is my co-host John Lewis. Each week we take a look at how cycling fits in our lives. Uh how how wintry is it
1: there? Um, it's it was wintry the other day. Now it's back to being springtime in New England. It's like 50 here today. I went for the um the magical 40 degree rain ride this morning. Uh-huh. Uh,
0: magical that's funny
1: yes it was magical Uh, I (laughs) rode with a buddy of mine and actually we had a good chit chat which uh, allowed me to ignore the fact that it was raining kind of the whole time (laughs) I looked out the window there was no rain in the forecast I looked out the window and I was like uh, oh it's sprinkling but it'll stop any second because there's no rain in the forecast but actually it rained the entire ride (laughs) (laughs) That's fine.
0: I, um, so uh, as I've shared with you and the listeners, uh, I ordered a number twenty two drifter to finally replace my seven Earhart, which was yes. stolen a couple of years ago. And so the the frame arrived maybe two months ago, and then a few weeks ago, uh, the fenders arrived, which I'd ordered after the fact. Because I had one of those moments of like, you could order anodized titanium fenders to match your bike. Why didn't you do that? Mm. Well, and cost is the obvious reason, but uh, yeah. I I sucked it up sufficiently and made the order. And on Friday, I went over to see uh, my frame builder friend, Jeremy C. Sip. And uh, he cut the the struts to length and drilled a hole in uh, the rear fender so that I could attach it at the top at the brake bridge. And I've got everything set up now. And uh, since I've gotten both fenders mounted on that bike, it hasn't rained.
1: And <laughs> well, that's how it works.
0: And I have never been more bring it with the rain. Never in my life have, have I been like, yeah, whatever. Come on. What you got?
1: Yeah. I mean, everyone knows that's how you manipulate the weather. I, you know, I don't know why you've had so many droughts. Your your California droughts are all down to the your unwillingness to mount fenders on a perfectly sunny day.
0: <laughs> well, uh, I'm not yet. I'm not dead yet. So there is a chance I may still learn. Yeah.
1: Yeah uh Low, but still a chance yes yeah
0: but speaking of our intelligence uh yes we uh <clears throat> we discussed uh going doing a uh how shall we say it a, a, a paired pull uh, we're gonna pull on the same thing
1: yeah yeah we have agreed you and i to talk about some of our mistakes uh embarrassments and other sh- possible shortcomings on the bike mm-hmm so I'll just open with a classic of, of the genre, the <laughs> failure to clip out of a pedal at an inopportune time. <laughs> <laughs> Please. I, I have done this at busy intersections, you know, like just splat right in the middle of a crosswalk waiting for the light to change. Uh, and that one's particularly gratifying because you know, all the drivers stopped at the light are laughing at you. Yes. And having their worst suspicions about cyclists confirmed.
0: Yes. Yes. Uh, it is, uh, it's a a 10 out of 10 for the drivers watching.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, new riders often say to me, I'd like to try riding clipless, but I'm afraid I'd fall over. And I tell them, Oh, you definitely will.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Always the voice of reason you.
1: Yeah. Well, I don't want to start lying to them right from go. Um, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I've been riding clipless for decades, and I still fall over sometimes. I mean, you know, very seldom, but, you know. we Should we
0: remind everyone that you actually went back to flats for mountain bikes?
1: I mean, that had nothing to do with falling over, but uh, <laughs> it did not have anything to do with falling over. Anyway, uh, the worst one of these... I did. I did one year at D2R2, which is oh. uh, I won't dig too deep into it, but it's a very large gravel event. Yeah. Um I was stopped in a big group of riders at the bottom of a descent, and where we stopped the road was slightly off camber. Uh I had actually clipped out of one pedal and was standing there with that foot down firmly on the pavement.
0: Uh, But like I said, the uh road was,
1: yeah, you can see where Uh this is going. The road was slightly off camera, and I started to lose balance. Uh Uh-huh. And at that point, basically, the bike was tipping toward the clipped-in side. Uh Uh-huh. And uh, my leg was sort of immobilized by the top tube. Like, I could no longer turn my heel out because my knee was pinned. Mm-hmm. Uh, so in effect, I catapulted myself over the bike onto the blacktop. Oh, wow. Wow.
0: Well done, sir. Yeah. I mean, you even got an eight and a half from
1: the Russian judge on that. Y- yeah, it was um, It really sublime. I, everyone turned around, thankfully, because we hate <laughs> for anyone to miss it. Everyone turned around, it was like, Was that guy just standing there and now he's like in a heap? (laughs) Yep. And it was so, it was so like what I like to do. This is what experience has done for me. When I was younger and I would make a mistake like this, I would get up as quickly as I could Mm -hmm. in order to, you know, perhaps limit the number of people witnessing my embarrassment. Right. Now I will just lay there. I will just lay there and laugh. <laughs> I, I think that's maturity or surrender so, or something. So you've gone from the cat
0: reaction to the dog reaction.
1: That's right. Something like that. Something <laughs> like that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Because if a cat screws up, they're back up instantly like that didn't happen. You didn't see that. I'm not right. here. These are not the droids you're looking for.
1: Yes. The dog will do the same thing and then say, well, I'm down here. I might as well lick myself
0: right and you know oh the ground is cool and comfortable
1: yeah 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 so i tend to just lay there now i mean not in intersections i wouldn't lay there in the intersection but i'm definitely not scrambling to my feet either (laughs) sometimes i'll give a little wave
0: (laughs) you know like you're in the macy's thanksgiving day parade yeah exactly
1: we all we all know what happened i'm just gonna wave (laughs) i'm just gonna (laughs) acknowledge your that i entertained you anyway um so that's that's failing to clip out you know i don't know how often that happens you know biannually i don't know uh not much but you know it definitely still happens Mm. then there are dumb crashes um Mm, mm, i was mm. out with a guy this is years ago this is maybe 20 years ago now I was out with a guy I worked for uh, on mountain bikes, and he was a complete beginner to mountain biking. Uh, So we went someplace super chill, basically just wide, smooth paths through the woods. And I was young and full of myself uh, and wanting to impress him. Uh, Mm -hmm. So I was popping little jumps off every little rock or root I could find. And there there weren't a lot there. Uh, So then we come around this corner and there's a stone right in the middle of the path. Mm-hmm. and it's probably no bigger than a shoebox. box okay uh, and I thought ooh I'm going to just completely bunny hop this but I was so in my own head about how good I was and how, how much expertise I was demonstrating uh, I was so taking it for granted that I was going to pull off this maneuver that I didn't ever actually hop <laughs> oh, oh! I just plowed right straight into it <laughs> went over the bars and landed like a sack of potatoes on the ground totally knocked the wind out of myself uh and he pulls up behind me and says uh what what happened there did you not see that rock (laughs) and i wanted to say i wanted to say oh no i saw it but actually i couldn't breathe so i couldn't make words (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That is the pure comedy goal. Yeah, I was out there just showing him the ropes. This is this is what real mountain biking looks like. Um. I, and I actually, I had a similar experience just a couple of years ago. I was out, out with a friend, uh, and that particular day, I was really in the flow. I was really feeling it. I was nailing every obstacle, you know. I, w- I was nailing it, but also, like, with panache. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, you know, like, there were some little tail whips and some other little embellishments that weren't necessary, because I was like, wow, I'm really, I was really impressed with myself that day. Right. I'm awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we come upon this log, and I know this log. I've been over this log lots of times. Uh, it doesn't. It's not like sitting flat on the ground. Uh-huh. It's it's sort of a it's sort of bowed. It's sort of like U-shaped, so that like there's a low point where it touches the ground right in the center of the trail. Uh-huh. And someone has cut a notch there uh, at the low point to make it. Like, you can almost just basically ride through.
0: Um, Somebody had to Bieber a log already on the ground.
1: Yes. Okay. I don't know why, but... I, and you know what? I thought to myself, I don't need that notch. I, I'm really good at bikes. <laughs> Famous so, last words. Yeah. So I'm, I'm coming in pretty hot, but I decide to go for a much higher part of the log, like on the, on the edge of the trail. And as I said I'm really on it that day. Uh I pop my front wheel and I start to shift my weight forward to pull the rear up behind me. Uh-huh. But wait, what's this? <laughs> the front kisses the high point of the log just a hair too soon. Instead of bouncing up and over, I I uh it 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 bounces straight down and back. Oh my gosh! Which of course means that I'm now going up and over. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm I'm flying. I hit the ground <laughs> shoulder first. Oh, my collarbone snaps. I hear it. I know it. Oh, and I roll over on the ground and look up at the trees swaying in the breeze. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a really nice day out, and I'm like, wow. There goes about eight weeks of riding, like right in the blink of an eye. Right. Right. Um, I, I, it's hilarious in retrospect because almost all of them are hard ego checks. Yes. Uh, which are good and necessary. Um, but so I sort of like love hate when stuff like this happens, you know, uh-huh. I mean, I'm a good bike rider. But I'm also an oaf. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's good to remember that just in Mm -hmm. case, you know, like you in the South, they say, don't get above your raisin. Um, And (laughs) that's that's what happens to me some days. I'm like, I'm really good at bikes. And now I'm picking dirt out of my helmet.
0: (gasps) (laughs) (sighs) Yep. Yep. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: Now. I assume you have some similar events.
0: Yeah. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to spoil one here. Uh, Actually, I'm not spoiling it because I didn't write about it, but in you talking about one of yours, uh, it reminded me of one of mine that I had forgotten about. And since this show was more or less about coming clean, I, I better confess this one. So I'm, I'm in Italy uh, I think I'm somewhere outside of Siena, but maybe it was somewhere outside of Pisa. And it's mm, eight o'clock, eight thirty in the morning. Uh I've had a breakfast of like yesterday's bread and jam and uh fresh squeezed blood orange juice. Oh yeah. Um it's you know, as breakfasts go, the blood orange juice was so good that it was about a seven. Mm. So I'm out there and I'm not entirely awake, but I'm in Italy. And so it's awesome. And we stopped for some reason. And so uh, I clip out uh, my right foot because I always clip out my right foot first. Mm -hmm. And uh, I've got the front wheel just pointed straight ahead. I'm not really thinking about how it could suddenly turn because I've got the bike leaned. And Mm. go somewhere unexpected. Mm. Uh, These days, I'll say that when I stop and have one foot clipped out, I make sure that the wheel is turned to the left. Mm -hmm. Because I now understand what can happen if the wheel is turned to the right. Mm. I did kind of the inverse of what you did, which is the wheel, uh, due to the crown of the road, turned slightly to the
1: right. And began uh, to roll backwards. No, it rolled oh. forward, oh, oh, oh okay. it rolled
0: forward and just pulled my leg out from under me and sent me onto my back and gave me three good gouges just above my right ankle, uh because I was in the small ring,
1: oh yes, yeah,
0: those that scar lasted more than 10 years. I can barely find it now, but it lasted more than 10 years. It, they, it looked like shark's teeth, three little triangles there. So, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, I, um, I'm inventive. I'm known as a creative sort. Yes. And so I always find new ways to, to do things. Uh, and after this little break, uh, I'm going to talk about them.
1: Well, it's funny you say that. I was talking to uh, my wife the other day. We went uh, skiing last weekend, and it was classic New England skiing uh, where much of the surface is actually not snow but ice. Yes. And um, she said, how was it? And I said, well, it was really good where it was really good, and it was really sketchy where it wasn't really good. And (laughs) as, as a... A mountain biker, a road rider, uh, uh, whatever. If you're an an athlete, you you make this assumption that the progression of things will be linear. Like, Mm. if if it gets harder, if things are getting harder, they will get harder at a steady rate and not, you know, sort of catastrophically. (laughs) You'd think. Yeah, Uh, but actually, nature does not care about linearity at all. Nope. Nope. So, uh, you know, like I was skiing, uh, on Sunday and I came around a corner and there was a big patch of ice and I just went down and it didn't hurt myself, but you know, it was sort of like, well, there was no legislating for that. Uh, <laughs> but I had been out all day on my own and I was like, maybe this is a message that, uh, things aren't going to be linear and I should probably just go down to the lodge and, and get some French fries. (laughs) And it strikes me that, you know, like I charge through my life, assuming that things will ramp up and down progressively. Mm -hmm. uh, And they don't. And I'm constantly kind of caught in the trap of non-linearity that way. Yeah. um, I've
0: gotten pretty good at balancing on my heels. Mm. (laughs) Hmm. (laughs) Mm. because i always seem to be on my back foot Mm. um yeah yeah i get you i get you Mm all righty well let's take a little break and we will come back with uh all the ways that uh i could have made people laugh if they were watching i'm looking forward to it the cycling independent which produces the pace line is undertaking our first ever subscriber drive The three of us who founded the Cycling Independent did not set out on this adventure to do subscriber drives. But as it turns out, this is the only way for any of us to be able to eat food or retain shelter. So here we are asking you to subscribe. Here's why it's worth your while. Number one, we put out good stuff. Features, essays, reviews, podcasts, etc. We make it all ourselves and we'll make more every day. Two, each of us has a track record of quality work and honesty. You can count on us to do our part when you do yours. Three, our main goal is to grow an independent community of cyclists, people who are dedicated to riding as much as possible and also getting as many other people as possible on a bike for the better of our own lives, our families, our towns, and even our planet. Four, More subscribers means we can bring more voices, more diverse voices, and better content to this little game of ours. They say a marketing effort shouldn't use negative words, that you should avoid words like don't and shouldn't and won't. But what we don't do is also part of our value to you. Number one, we don't plant cookies on your machine and then use them to serve you targeted ads from paying third parties. Two, we don't fling advertising at you every time you click on a story or link. Three, we don't accept money from companies trying to get positive press. And so when we recommend something, we do it freely and based on our real-world experience. Four, we are not a monolithic publishing company channeling eyeballs into campaigns unrelated to cycling or channeling dollars into politics or other causes, not bike-specific that might not jibe with your views we are about the bike and riding and bringing people together end of story so this is it we aim to add 300 subscribers in the month of march 300 new contributors to the project join us it will be worth it we promise
1: okay we're back with the pace line the podcast on two wheels and take it away so I suggested this topic for the two of us
0: for the simple reason that I get called an expert a whole lot. <clears throat> On one hand, I really like that because I've worked hard to learn all I can about bikes in as mem- in as many different categories as possible. Sure. For me, I'm less concerned with being an expert though as opposed to just wanting to know all the things about bikes. Uh so ultimately I'm just a cyclist, and herewith, I'm going to prove it. So we'll get this one out of the way. Uh, Of course, yes, clipless pedals. On my very first ride on clipless pedals uh, back in 1988, I fell over when I was pulling up to my first stoplight. Mm. Uh, That's not really the good one. 10 years would go by and I would think I have clipless pedals all wired and everything. And I'm teaching my new girlfriend how to ride. Um, and I've taught her clipless pedals, I think. <laughs> and we pull up to her first stoplight. And what does she do? She starts to fall over. Um, well, I figured I'm experiencing this. I know what's happening. I can stop that from happening. I reached out to her. Yes. Uh, I grabbed her and she grabbed me and she pulled me over. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was, uh, I. it was a busy Santa Monica street. Yeah. Uh, so there was there was plenty of audience action with that.
1: I wish that I had been an idling motorist because that's a twofer. Yes, that's a BOGO. Mm-hmm. That's that is a deal. Seeing one person start to go and you get a little excited and then they pull the other one over. Oh, yep. So yeah, it was uh,
0: it was magic. And, you know, the whole thing was she's on my left. I've got my right foot clipped out. Yeah. The geometry of that was just preordained. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Okay. Here's one from uh, uh, fewer than 10 years ago. Uh, I was on a mountain bike ride and was not yet fluid in my dropper post usage. (laughs) I'm (laughs) about to drop into a rather steep chute. And I hit the lever for the dropper post, um, lower my butt, And then I hit a bump with the rear wheel, just as it's getting steep. Yep. Well, the return spring on this bike, which was new to me, was tensioned so high that when I became momentarily weightless due to the bump, the dropper post rocketed me up and I ran off the trail and went over the bar.
1: Classic.
0: Yes. Uh, Should we take a little break? I can hear that.
1: I think it's just driving away. It sounded like something was
0: pulling your roof off.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it was probably just an 18-wheeler going down my dead-end street.
0: (laughs) Awesome. Okay. Uh, Okay, next up, in the winter of 1987... Uh, It began snowing one night in Memphis, snowing in a way that doesn't often happen anymore in Memphis. (laughs) This was wet, heavy snow. And for reasons that college students, or at least this former college student, can't explain, um, I needed to be outside in it. Um, And I reasoned that my touring bike, with its great big 32 millimeter tires on it... (laughs) you should you should be closer to the microphone as you laugh like that uh, <laughs> uh i i thought it would be great fun in the snow so i went for a slide uh i'm yeah i can't say i went for a ride i went for a slide yeah uh the experience was more akin to being on a scooter with omnidirectional casters uh i mostly had one foot on the ground uh and would like kind of w- kick one foot to get the rear wheel spinning and try to get on the bike. And then it would just start sliding out from under me. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't recall how many times I fell or slid or whatever. What I do recall is taking a very hot shower after I got back to the dorm because I was soaked head to toe.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's is that's the sort of thing you can chuckle about when you're in college. And now mm-hmm. that you're in Uh, what I will charitably refer to as advanced middle age. um, You know, that would be like grounds for hospitalization falling down that many times. (laughs) (laughs) Yes,
0: yes. But, you know, it's also kind of a special one in that I can't pin any of this on an unexpected circumstance. No, I knew all of this going in. And I thought, yes, this is a very good idea. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, There was the time I wrote about recently where I injected uh, grease into my campy hubs, hoping to keep salty melt water and sand out of my bearings. Um, Instead, the grease created enough drag between the axles and the hub shell that I couldn't stay with a group ride even before it started going fast. Sure. Sure. Yeah, that was, yeah, that was... something like magic clever yes uh i i was i was the smartest guy on the ride and the slowest one too uh, that might have been a little zero sum there yeah <laughs> <clears throat> my best one uh i just wrote about in a post that goes live uh when john
1: monday monday I okay think. okay yeah.
0: so it's 1994 and I'm supposed to write a review of a VHS cassette with an interval workout. It was called Spinnervals and was produced by Cyclops, the company that makes trainers. Yeah, There were a bunch of pro cyclists and pro triathletes on their bikes, on trainers, in a room with a coach, Troy Jacobson, who did a whole series of these. Right. Um, and he took them through a series of intervals in a roughly 40-minute session. Well... By the time we got to the final big interval, I was dying. The workout is so hard, or I'm pushing myself so hard, whatever, you choose. Well, Coach Troy counts down the final seconds, and after the interval ends, I find that it's still really hard to pedal. The first thing I did was look at my feet uh as if that might tell me something i i have this crazy habit of anytime anything happens on the bike i look at my feet
1: i do the same thing i do the same thing i don't know what what's there but i do the same thing there you know almost never is there
0: any information to be gleaned from my feet
1: nope
0: yeah uh you know so yes they didn't tell me anything then i look behind me and i see that i'm very close to the couch so close in fact that the rear wheel is against the couch i've slid three feet across the wood floor in my living room and stopped moving only because the couch was in the way of me moving more <laughs> that must have been some interval it it really really was <laughs> it, it, i mean you know i yeah coach try um, is inspirational. I, you know, one of these days, uh, I, I need to tell him about that. <clears throat> so I get off my bike, wobble a little bit because my legs are all rubbery from the interval, <clears throat> which, you know, ended less than 30 seconds ago. And then I pull the bike away from the couch. Now, this is a couch that is white with blue stripes or, or more a buff color. Sure. Buff. Yeah. Uh, there's a vertical, black stripe on the cushion uh and in the center of the black stripe there is a hole with slightly blackened yellow foam showing through i managed to burn a hole in a cotton twill cushion cover
1: yeah you put your watts right into it
0: yep uh so the the funny thing here is uh I was then married to someone who was maybe a little bit humorless about my cycling and did not, uh, did not endorse Pratt falls of any sort.
1: Oh
0: yeah. <clears throat> uh, this is pretty pre interwebs in my household. I think I had AOL, but you know, no more than that. Uh, I'm as a result, I'm no longer clear on how I pulled this off, but somehow I managed to figure out who made the couch, what it was covered with, how to order a new cushion cover, then ordered and paid for said cover all before my then wife got to the door from running errands. Uh, I met her at the door. That's the kind of fear I was in Uh, (laughs) and began dining on crow. Um, Yeah. Uh, Yeah. This was one of those that, you know, if we were still together, she'd, Still be uh, forcing me to snack on that crow from time to time. Sure, um, anger is too diluted a word for what her reaction was.
1: Well, I'm glad you're not married
0: to her anymore. That makes two of us. With uh, well, <laughs> three <laughs> of us, I'm sure she's glad she's not married I'm to sure me anymore. She you know. is,
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, <clears throat> okay, now to circle back to the, the the real reason of this, the the pure comedy angle. So a couple of years ago. Uh, when I was working with, uh, CAMTB, uh, the California statewide, uh, lobbying organization, uh, for mountain biking, uh, I was invited for an e-mountain bike ride with former pro downhiller, Mark Weir, Mark Weir of like, what, three times Downey, Downeyville winner. Um, Mm -hmm. one of the finest downhillers ever. And he had a, a widow maker. Aneurism, and his doctor was like, okay, no more normal bikes, uh, get on an e-bike. And he's now a huge acolyte for all things e-bike. Hmm. He's also, uh, he was known for his, um, tood and uh-huh. he's mellowed some in that regard. So I get to this spot near Novato. It's private land. <clears throat> he and his buddies have cut all sorts of trails all over this place And like, just as we get there, it starts pouring and it is wet, wet, wet. Uh, I have a shot of me sliding down a hill, hanging onto the bike. That's not even the good one. The good one is this. We're on our way down this hill and we come around a little left hand bend and lo and behold, there is a tree. Mm. Now, I knew that the pace I was going was not going to be great for me bunny hopping that tree. So I braked a little bit and Mm. then I, I braked just a hair more thinking, you know, uh, I should, you know, I should, it's wet. I should take it easy. And then I went to pull up the front wheel. Now I don't (laughs) ride, eat mountain bikes very much. I was doing the sort of pull that you would do for say a 30 pound bike. Right. But I was on a 50-pound bike. Yeah. The front wheel did not leave the ground, even a little <laughs> bit. Uh, this is the one and only time I know for certain that I did a full Superman. Oh, oh yeah. Uh, it was over so quickly that I don't so much remember the the Superman part as I do. Th- I have a much clearer memory of the guys behind me cuz there were a couple of colleagues with me uh they were busy laughing their keisters uh yeah in into a, a landfill i mean it was just i was total yard sale of a dude i was in front of the bike the bike yep. was still behind the tree yep uh, um yeah it was uh it was pretty classic unfortunately weir didn't see it because i think that i had that coming I think he should have, he should have gotten the full benefit of having, you know, that Pratt fall, uh, on his land.
1: I love when you do the full Superman and something you hit the ground and your body does things that a body shouldn't like somehow you kick yourself in the back of the head. Like that's, (laughs) that's like your elbow is stuck in your ear somehow, you know, it's a real, like anything can happen in that moment.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I was doing the Annadale, uh race one year uh, that bike monkey used to put on. And I got into this section that's super rocky and really technical, <clears throat> a downhill. And I began falling and I was falling toward my left side. But when I got up, I was on my right side <laughs> to this day. I don't, I, and I also broke a finger. I don't even know what happened i don't you know it's like there was there was this moment of i'm starting to fall and i'm starting to fall in a particular direction direction and then suddenly i'm on the ground in a completely different orientation that i thought possible yeah yeah
1: so i've done them you sure have you sure have they sound they sound as delightful as mine (laughs) (laughs) yeah so
0: maybe in a future show we compare scars i like it yeah i mean we're on camera we can we can have that you know jaws scene you know
1: right right let's drink to our legs that'll make you great listening
0: yes uh we uh, we won't drink uh to anything uh but yeah. yeah uh all righty pace line
1: picks what do you got so it's getting into the coldest part of the year now uh not today, uh, but you know, like maybe like it was on Sunday and maybe will be again next week. Um, so I'm going to pick the absolute warmest on bike jacket I own, mm. which is the Cafe du Cycliste Albertine Thermal Jacket.
0: That's quite a name.
1: It is. It is. Uh, this is a tight fitting jacket with down insulation across the front and the outsides of the arms and then Merino fleece on the insides of the arms and across the back. Wow. Uh, it also has two stow pockets on the back Okay. and a side zip pocket there for things you just can't afford to lose. <laughs> um, there's also a chest pocket with a snap, which is where you would put your cigarettes. I suppose if you were the f- sort of cold weather French cyclist that would <laughs> might own this jacket. Right. Um, anyway the point is it's a super warm jacket uh, with the functional features of a jersey so hmm. uh, even on the coldest days it works as your top layer really well um, you will seldom need much more uh, even when the mercury drops below 20 a base layer and this jacket and I'm good let's just stipulate that
0: uh, y- y- your your personal comfort zone is about 10 degrees cooler than
1: everyone else's? Yeah, that's fair enough. That's fair enough. If you feel really cold below 30, I mean, this is just a lights out jacket. Uh, generally, I would say wearing down insulation while riding isn't a that, great idea.
0: Yeah, that's a bit, yeah, yeah, that's a overkill.
1: It is, but this, you know, so I'm wearing this jacket when it's below 20, you know, when it's in single digits. Mm-hmm. Um I almost never need it, but it is is—it is so well-made. It's a really fine piece of cycle wear. Mine actually gets the most use under a shell on a really frigid ski day. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, Café du Cycliste is a French company uh, that makes high-end bike clothing. Uh, for my taste, a lot of their stuff looks a little precious. Uh, But it is undeniably well made and the Albertine comes in some really nice colors. I actually like the women's version colors better than the men's, but uh, (laughs) this one is also pricey. It's three hundred and eighteen dollars. So unless you live, you know, if you live in a very cold environment, I'd say it's worth it. Uh, But it's not really the sort of luxury you'd want to splash on uh, if you were in a more temperate climb. Um, but I'll repeat, if you want a lights out solution for cold weather, this is it, especially for road and gravel riders who don't want bulky warmth. Uh, Mm -hmm. it's a really good, it's a really nice piece.
0: Hmm. Neat. Well, of late, I've been doing easy miles on one of the bike paths near me, uh, for reasons I cannot fathom. There have been some pedestrians who don't much fathom the social contract. lately. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, One woman was walking in a zigzag from one edge of the path to the other and had words for me because when I called out bike left, uh, she didn't hear me. Turns out she was hard of hearing and it was my fault that I didn't know that. Sure. So uh, so I was informed. Yeah. Uh, So. I bought one of the Spur Cycle bells. Yes, um, I'd had one before that a PR person sent to me, but when one of my bikes was stolen, yeah, you you get the picture. Yeah, the Spur Cycle bell is arguably the most expensive bike bell on the market. It retails for fifty nine dollars. Even so, it's worth every penny. The actual bell of the uh the yeah, the actual bell of the bell is brass. Uh for those playing the home game, other things made of brass include percussion symbols, gongs, and church bells. Mm. Yeah. Um I mentioned that because the sir the spur cycle bell is at once the loudest, most piercing, and most pleasing bell I have ever encountered. Uh, they claim it rings for three times as long as other bells. Um, that could be true, but I don't think that that's really what gets uh, your presence across to other people. It's that immediate piercing attack.
1: Yeah. Yep. Um, <laughs> yeah. I like that um, you said attack. Go on. Yes.
0: Um, uh, let's see. Uh, I It's loud enough that no one within a hundred feet of me uh, can miss it. Yep. Um, I have, uh, on my last ride, I did, uh, ring it from so far away that, uh, pedestrians moved over. And when I didn't immediately zoom by them in the same instant, uh, they've looked back to wonder what was taking so long. Yep. Like, is he really there? Right. Uh, which, which was really pretty funny, um, So it comes in four different finishes. Uh, There's black and there's silver for the bell. And then the black version has three different colors for the hammer. Mm. Um, I've owned other bells that I liked plenty, but the spring for the hammer has always given up the ghost after a couple of months. Um, The previous spur cycle bell that I owned um, showed nary an issue uh, at the point at which it was stolen. Um, I had had to remove the bell once to get mud out though. Mm. <laughs> um, you know, and I'll, I'll even say that it's, it's so well made. It's a, uh, it's American made, made in Bend, Oregon. Um, and it's so well done that it's really not out of keeping on a custom bike. It, sure. It looks the part.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I it's such a, you know, and it's it, a bike bell is kind of like I have a hard time reconciling the little like frog shaped one that comes on a lot of kids' bikes. <laughs> I have a hard time reconciling that that and the spur bell are the same device. Mm-hmm. Uh, spur cycle, sorry, um, but I do remember the first time I heard one. I think my friend Mike, uh, Mike Salvatore, who used to weld at uh-huh. seven got one, and he told me, you know, sort of what he paid for it, and I was like, "What? what is wrong with you? And then he <laughs> rang it, and I was like, oh, never mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, it really, it's very piercing, it really, but it's piercing and tonally pleasing. Yeah. Yeah. They've, they've really done a thing there. They've cracked some kind of code.
0: yeah. Uh, and, you know, maybe to just make this other point clear, it is also absolutely louder uh, than any other Bell I've ever encountered. For sure. Uh, you know, maybe what they should tout is the fact that it's three times louder than any other Bell. Right. I don't know that that is literally true, but it's at least twice as loud as any other Bell I've ever owned.
1: I That is a measurable thing, and you could know. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it's just... It's, I mean, I don't like to be too aggressive with pedestrians. Uh, yeah. I, I want to be, but I don't like to be. Um, but it is a bell that says, hey. <laughs> hey.
0: <laughs> yeah, heads up. Heads yeah. up. <laughs> yes, that is, that is absolutely true. Uh, and the thing for me was I, I hated getting into it with this woman when I, I had no animus for her. I had done all I could to leave her all the room I could. I'd spoken up. Yep. I'd done everything that a responsible cyclist did. And she, she leapt out in front of me to stop me after I turned around and was headed back. Yeah. Um. And she was angry. Yeah. Um. And so I just, you know, I very quickly concluded on my ride home as I was uh, cursing under my breath that, you know, there's an easy way to just solve this. Ah, Yes. Yes, I, I, you know, that's not to say someone couldn't still get mad about the bell being too loud or whatever, because people will find reasons to to get mad.
1: Yes, I tend to, in situations like that where I've done my level best, I tend to just wave and smile and keep going. Um, I got, I got hit by a car yesterday in a parking lot. I was not on my bike. I was walking. I went to the grocery store and I got out of my car and I began to walk into the store and somebody, a woman came rocketing out of her parking spot in reverse and, uh, knocked me a couple of feet, uh, to one side. Yeah. I, um, it was a very bizarre thing because it didn't hurt at all. I was Mm -hmm. not hurt in the least. And she was apoplectic with regret. Is that possible? Mm -hmm. She was, yeah, she was like, she couldn't have been more sorry. And I think because she came at me from that like genuine genuinely contrite place Mm -hmm. i I wasn't mad at all in fact i began to chuckle and she was like are you sure you're all right (laughs) and i said i think we've both learned a lesson here (laughs) yours is i don't know maybe look before you back out of a parking spot and mine is watch out uh but we're both gonna walk away from this one just fine so you know (laughs) i wonder if i should just mount a bell on my wrist as i walk around the world
0: uh you know it's it's a point you could consider
1: yeah or we could we could all wear those bells that the cows in switzerland have on
0: (laughs) well well, some of us could i could not okay yeah uh yeah
1: i could deserve that anyway
0: yeah Alrighty. Uh, that's a wrap on another episode of the pace line. Uh, yeah, we're going to, we're going to get out of this before we get off track any further than we have. Sure.
1: <laughs> sure. We
0: uh, are. yes. Uh, Oh, well, uh, I've got rain in store for me at some point in the coming days. What do you got going?
1: Uh, we have snow coming this weekend. So I'm gonna, I'm going to attempt to ski the incoming storm. Um, and we'll just see how that goes. Mm, all right. Nope, no bike for you. Uh, come back,
0: come yeah. back after snowmelt.
1: Yeah. Next, next week, I'll pick up the bike. You know, I'll ride uh, tomorrow, Friday. Uh, yeah. Tomorrow, Friday, then head up and then ski Saturday, Sunday. And at some point, my quads will completely fail and my back will give out. Uh, and then I'll take a rest day. Groovy. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Uh, There's a chance that next week's show will be late. It may still appear on Thursday, but it won't be ready first thing in the morning. I've got some travel coming up. Uh, We'll figure out how to get a show recorded. But yeah, it may be a little bit late for you guys. This is where we ask you to subscribe if you haven't already. Yeah, go ahead. Click that button now uh, as people are probably listening in their cars, looking at their stereo. Yeah. Uh, also, if you haven't already, check out our other podcasts, Revolting, which lives up to its name in some ways, but is highly entertaining. And Enter the Deuce, uh, which I will say once again, is finally complete. All 15 episodes are up so you can have the whole story. Um, it's not much to do with bikes. Uh, it Bikes are more a um, uh, an extra. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yes, a, a non-speaking cast member. Um Yeah, but it's really much more about the trials of being a parent in the most challenging circumstances possible. Um, Also, we have a new show coming soon called The Long Way Home. Uh, It will feature work uh, written and read by the author. It's more audible than fresh air maybe consider leaving a review wherever it is you found us. It makes it more likely that other people will listen in. Constructive criticism is also accepted. Until next week, I'm Patrick Brady with John Lewis. Thanks for listening to The Pace Line.